and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Wednesday, June 28th, and on today's episode, we are doing an NBA free agency future conversation. We are a few days away from the July 1st free agency opening, which means that the futures odds that have already been posted after the Denver Nuggets won the championship are going to move drastically in this early July period, we're going to see the most shit, the biggest shift in the futures odds in early July as opposed to any other time in the offseason. So one thing that I love to do is get in early on the market, try and project which teams are going to be big spenders, who might be taking a big swing and where that might change a big odds shift so that we can get ahead of it. Joining me today to have this conversation is a frequent guest on The Advantage, someone who's also feeling the pain of not having the NBA around. I was on the phone with this man a few days ago, and out of the blue, we were not talking gambling. We were not talking sports. We were not talking podcasts. I don't even know what we were talking about. He just goes, I have to start betting women's tennis now. (laughs) 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 which i just was like why and that person is gibby graves gib have you been hitting any women's tennis bets do you have any before we get into the nba you have any um suggestions for the what is it called the wpta Uh, i think it's a wta but uh no i have not been hitting women's tennis i did have a boosted odds from caesars that i took advantage of and it needed to be all different sports uh and so Right now, I have a I have a bet for Iga. I'm gonna butcher her name, uh, but the person who won the French to win Wimbledon, and if she does, then I will win a big, big bet. Um, so that is what I'm hoping for in women's tennis. There you go. Let's go, Iga. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's have an actual discussion on some things that we know what we're talking about. Um, the NBA season, Gip. Boosted odds just makes me think of one quick thing. Is FanDuel still doing that boosted odds on Wembenyama? And should we talk about that real quick? They boosted the Wembenyama odds, which are for Rookie of the Year, Big Vic to win it. It was a minus, what was it at DraftKings? 250? At DraftKings, it was 225, minus 225, I believe. Okay, minus 225 at DraftKings. I think the original line at FanDuel was that minus 225 as well. I think it shifted and dropped a little bit to like minus 160. But then they shifted and boosted the odds for Victor Wembanyama to win Rookie of the Year at plus 120. Me and Gibby absolutely both love that bet. I think there's no reason not to play that at the boosted odds. The drastic difference between getting a plus 120 at FanDuel versus where it sits at minus 225 at DraftKings. It's more than 200 cents on the dollar for when you're betting for each dollar that you spend. Um, And then if we're thinking about building out a futures portfolio, which is the conversation that we're going to have today about a few teams that we'd like to take their NBA Finals odds, you would want to think, okay, if I could lock in Victor at plus odds now, then later in the season, when there's when the list narrows down, maybe it's Chet Holmgren, maybe it's Jarris Walker, maybe it's Amen Thompson, maybe it's Scoot, who knows? Brandon Miller, aka Paul George, maybe it's one of them who ends up like becoming the the second fiddle, pun intended. And uh, mm-hmm. you can then use your plus money on the victor side to bounce it off the other side. Gib, you have anything to add to that, or is just just obvious? 
build a portfolio and take Vic? Yeah, build portfolio. To your question, if they're offering anymore, they're not. I think it's it's gone away now. Uh, the the offer to for the boosted odds on FanDuel. All right. Never mind. Would you take it at minus one sixty? Would I take it at one sixty? Yes, I would take it at one sixty. I would automatically. I would. Uh, can you? Can you? I don't. I'm not sure. Can you take the flip of that, saying he's not going to win? Like, are they? Do they offer that bet? I don't think that's a bet that's offered. There was. There was the field being offered previously. Um, I'd have to check. That would be interesting if you could take the field at plus money. I'm going to look right now. No, it's not being. It was actually offered previously before the guys went to their teams. But now I think that we know position and placement for these players. Mm. It's no longer Vic versus the field. But I, I agree. At minus one sixty, I would still play it. Um, if if this guy is truly generational talent and he landed in the absolute perfect system where we know they're going to build around him from day one, uh, they're going to create a whole season one game plan around what works best for him. Then what I would do is. Take the minus one sixty, play it for a unit. Uh, I think we are. I think he's. I think the only question if Victor wins Rookie of the Year is if he plays sixty five games. That, not the most interesting conversation because I think it's pretty obvious how we both feel. But let's let's move on. Let's have the discussion yep. that we came for. Gib, the assignment that we came into today with was choose three teams that we wanted to talk about. Who about their futures odds? How are we expecting them to move in free agency? What teams? stuck out to you it could either be i thought this was a good candidate i thought these odds were atrociously bad like right now just so that people can understand a little bit of context of why this discussion is so important on june 28th is because the milwaukee bucks sit right now third place to win the nba title at plus 550 middleton unrestricted free agent lopez unrestricted free agent like we will see if either of those guys come back it seems like they're going to be bringing back middleton and are going to have a hard time with lopez but like that's going to cause a huge shift in the odds we're going to see draymond and the warriors they're in fifth at plus 1200 if draymond leaves if there's king's rumors heat up that's going to change things drastically on the other side of that we have things like the Cavaliers, which are rumored to be big buyers. We have the at, at 26 to 1. We have the Rockets at 500 to 1, who are trying to get in the Fred Van Vliet, Brooke Lopez sweepstakes. Is that Does that get you even a playoff spot? We'll have that discussion. Gib, who was the first team that caught your eye in the futures odds? Uh, the one that I looked at uh, was probably Houston that caught my eye. Uh, I don't think they're going to win a championship, but I saw that they're plus 50,000. I'm not exactly sure what their their number is right now for uh, wins. But with the amount of cap space that they have, right, they have, uh, if I'm checking now, they have 50, almost 50 to $60 million in cap space. If you're able to get, let's say they sign both Lopez and they get Van Fleet, right, and you have all the young guys and the young talent that they have, Yep. If we're if we're able to put in a bet now, uh, I'm assuming for their wins. I'm assuming their wins total right now is probably somewhere low 30s. Uh, high so let 20s. me let me just let me just quickly interject. The reason why we want to have this discussion now and look at title odds is because those wins numbers haven't even been posted. Those odds oh, to make the playoffs haven't even been posted. So like, 
when those do get posted, when these teams shake out, you might get a situation right now where you're saying you you would expect it to be what like low 30s or high 20s with the current makeup of this roster and what the projected expectation is. But if they sign a few guys, it immediately becomes 45. So what what the that 45 line is not going to actually be posted until it it we know who's on the team. So we can capitalize on these pre-free agency futures and take the 500 to 1, which I think where you're going with this is as long as they make the play in, if you're working with a 500 to 1 ticket, you start working off of that the other direction. Keep telling me why you like the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I just I I, I like the young guys that they have um I think that they're able to get Steele and Whitmore, one of the Thompson twins. Jalen Green's obviously a great talent, but if you bring in a couple of vets who can really rein them in, and Udoka as a as a more like no nonsense kind of coach, you can probably command the best out of that team. They're a team that I think, based off what the odds are looking at now, they have the second to worst odds in the league right now, behind Detroit or or tied with the Wizards and Pacers and. Hornets, so those are the five worst. I actually think that there's there's more talent there by far than any of those other those other teams that were mentioned. And the possibility of acquiring a lot more talent. I mean, we said right. Van Vliet, we said Brooke Lopez. That seems to be on the more low end spectrum of the swings that they're taking, right? And and let me quickly explain a little bit more about Houston. Houston's been tanking recently. They no longer control their own picks for the next, like, four years. So, for that reason, like, the Nets own swaps with them. I'm not exactly sure where the picks are, but I know for a fact that Houston does not control their own picks in the first round for the next four years. So, for that reason, they have absolutely no incentive to continue to remain bad if they even swapped this year but had their first pick next year then, okay, you give up one pick, but you still get a high pick the next year, and you could stay bad for another two years. They are not getting high lottery picks if that's where Houston falls. So Houston is completely incentivized to spend their money, try and gain some talent, build around this core, which is pretty damn good. They just brought in Adoka. They've been rumored to Harden. It seems like those rumors are starting to die down a little bit, but it seems like they're going to get in the Fred Van Vliet sweepstakes, Jabari Parker is still one of my favorite young prospects in the league. I think he can be absolutely amazing. I think he impacts winning on the same level as potentially Evan Mobley as we develop into the future of those kind of guys, people who can space the floor. I mean, Mobley not really a floor spacer. Jabari, elite floor spacer, and potentially elite, elite defender in Jabari Smith. So I think that's going to be amazing for Coach Adoka. I'm fading Shengun. If anyone here plays fantasy sports, fantasy basketball, I would not take Alperin Shengun on your fantasy team next year. I think with Adoka as coach, if he can't play interior defense, that's going to be trouble. But I really like the Rockets give. That's definitely a situation where I think this team could make some big moves in the next few days, see their odds shift drastically. I mean, would you be at all surprised to see them join the OKC range of odds, which is like a hundred to one right now? No, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked at all if they add two to three pieces or like two major pieces in one one mid like Bruce Brown type of range player. Dylan Brooks, uh, Bruce could, Brown, that kind of guy. Yeah, that more of that mid that mid tier uh range or mid to lower tier range 
yeah, they could they could absolutely make some noise with with the OKC. If you uh, if you suddenly have Van Vliet, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, Jabari, Brooke Lopez, Shangoon, Whitmore, like Tari Eason, you got that's a good squad. You got a rotation of nine guys who can really play, right? And and yeah. you and you a have great a, coach. Great coach, and I think you're going to get the most out of Jalen Green, right? Jalen Green couldn't be reined in last year. Uh, is Kevin Porter still on con- under contract for them? Still there, yep. Um, and Kevin Porter, those are they, they, they have a lot of talent, but like I watched a lot of their games, and I was like, what are they doing? They have no clue what's going on on the court. They're just kind of like, my turn, I'm going to go. Next guy, I'm going to go. Uh, but once once you have other guys who can kind of rein it in and other options, they have to be a little bit more efficient, uh, and they'll have a coach who will be able to enforce uh, some of that efficiency issues that they had last year. Love that. Okay, so we have 500 to 1 odds on a Rockets team. I'm going to throw a unit on that, Gib. I was eyeing that myself. I absolutely love it. I think we are going to see them take some big swings in the next few days. And let me reiterate. They have no reason to be bad because they do not control their own pick. So they have to get better. They have to try and win at all costs and do things to maneuver around making winning moves. Give in the same vein of that 500 to 1, I wanted to talk about the Pacers. Okay. Because, and this isn't like the team that I'm screaming from the moon for. There, There is one that I'll get to later, and maybe I'll hit it next. But the Pacers, I think they were like sixth in the east for like the bulk of last season when Halliburton was healthy and then he went down in like late January or so and then they lost like 10 in a row and then it was never the same this season Halliburton should be healthy they re-signed Miles Turner to an extension they um are very loud about trying to bring in a veteran wing. And I think that guy is going to be Harrison Barnes in the next few days. I think we are going to see the Rick Carlisle-Harrison Barnes reunion. They were together in the Mavericks. Carlisle absolutely loved him. And I think we are going to see Harrison Barnes be that kind of floor-spacing wing for veteran presence to go along with healed Halliburton-Turner. They have a bunch of good young talent. They have a lot of very good coach. Uh, They were... In the middle of the East last year, I don't think the East got any better this year. I think a few teams got worse. So I, for the same reason, like I think this team could be a easily play in at worst. I think they could definitely be a playoff team. And if we're looking at 500 to one a few days before bringing in Barnes and clearly making swings that we're going to try and win, I think that's a that 500 to one is not staying on the board for a few more days. Like there's no reason why the magic at, at 350 to one should be better or the, the, the Spurs at 250 to one. Like there's no chance. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, of, of, of those teams, Indiana, especially, you know, it's funny. It, you talk about Harrison Barnes. If he goes over to Indiana, then you just got like the old Sacramento team from like four years ago. Uh, who are heading over there with Tyrese, buddy. Uh, oh, that's Harrison. so true. I didn't uh, even think of that. I don't know if that's a good thing now. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing either because uh, I don't know what other pieces they have because that wasn't a great team over in Sacramento. Um, I think Halliburton would be a lot better, obviously. I think 
Miles Turner is a great interior presence. I don't know. I think that all revolves around the Halliburton Rick Carlisle combination. Right. We saw him de de develop a heliocentric thing around Luca, the same way that I talked up or talked down Shangun from a fantasy basketball perspective. I would be all over Tyrese Halliburton next year. Instant first round pick, top six guy next year. He's going to be everything for that team and super efficient. Low turnovers, threes, free throws. He's a nine category guy. Um, Who's another team that you want to talk about besides these super-duper long shots that we hit at the front of this? So I'm not going to talk about any of the super-duper long shots, um, although one team that I we could talk about but we're not, is the Brooklyn Nets in case Dane becomes truly available to them because they're plus uh, 12,000, 12, I think, right now. Uh, we one, all need a day off of game talk. We do need some time off from game talk. Uh, one team that... I want is our or can we talk about teams that we think are too like they're right there? Absolutely, uh, yeah, for sure, for the, sure. Because then we can angle it into say where does that open up value elsewhere? Okay, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the very very top. We're gonna go to the Boston Celtics right now, plus four sixty. They are the title favorites for next year. It's nonsense. It is. It is absolute nonsense. Did they? Did we not just watch? The Nuggets dominate every single team in the league, and the Celtics have brewing chemistry issues. So, so, so let me let me inform you a little bit more, Kip. The Celtics were second to the Nuggets prior to Porzingis being acquired, and that's Marcus Smart deal. So they got rid of Smart, they acquired Porzingis, and they ended up becoming the odds-on favorite. Are are we that big of fans of Porzingis? Do we really think that? The, the minus of Smart, the add of Porzingis, puts them over the edge. I, I, I don't know if it does. I think, like, Boston obviously needed to change because what they were doing for the past three years was, like, pretty good, but just clearly not good enough to get over the edge. Um, but I, I, I am flabbergasted, I'll use that word, uh, as that they're the title favorites. I, I think... I know the Nuggets are going to lose Bruce Brown. They can't afford him. They have three new rookies. They had three like late second, late first round, early second round draft picks for guys they're going to try and replace. Christian Brown's going to have a bigger role. I don't see the Nuggets taking any steps back. Jokic is still going to be a freak of nature. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins another MVP next year. Um, so I would. That would be my first move is to swap the Nuggets versus the Celtics. Uh, yep. that's, that, that's I completely a... agree. I'm, how can you bet a Boston Celtics future in June of this year after they acquired Porzingis? Like, their injury risk just got so much higher, and we're 12 months away from, like, that would be, for some of these, like, teams that are high up in the odds, the way I kind of approach it from a gambling perspective is, like, I'd rather wait until we get to next April or next May and the start of the playoffs and get Boston at plus 350 at that point with the assurance that they're healthy. I don't want to play a plus 460 and go into this with Rob Williams, Porzingis, 30X-year-old Al Horford. What is he, 38 at this point? Al Horford. Uh, I mean, Tatum and Brown still still young and amazing, but Brown with the chemistry stuff, like, who knows? A freak injury can always happen. I don't like taking... Uh, teams super high up in the odds this far out when I will just play them for slightly less odds and ensure health later on. 
Do we do we know? Is there a camp? You know how Kima Lives on back in the day. Well, not back in the day. Still has like the big man camp where all the guys go and go for two weeks and get their you know post moves. What's 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 the fu- is the funniest part about that that people think that they could just study with Hakeem for three days and come out with a dream shake? Yeah, it's it's hilarious, and they spend what a hundred thousand um, yeah. dollars. So, is there a camp for that for dribbling with your left hand? If the Celtics are going to send Jalen Brown, Jalen, like Tim Hardaway Senior. Does he have one? Like, I'm trying to think. Rod Strickland. So, did you hear about the conference in Miami that Kyle Lowry's hosting? No. What's the conference? He's hosting at um, his flopping dojo. He's how he's the he's hosting a flopping seminar this off season. It's called playing the refs more than your opponent. Uh. And Kyle Lowry's the keynote speaker. <laughs> uh, Trey Young's gonna be there. Jimmy Butler actually is making an appearance. So I think they could have a breakout session where they do left-handed dribbling with Jalen. And they're having a surprise uh, speaker in LeBron James because in the playoffs, watching LeBron was like, wait, what? Didn't know he flopped this much. He actually <laughs> is bringing his uh, trophies from Space Jam that he's won yes. to show off his acting chops. All right, the next team that I want to talk about, Gib. We kind of hit in an indirect way, but there is a massive pothole in the NBA discourse when we are talking about this team. We are just missing the biggest point in the world when we are talking about this team recently, and it's driving me fucking nuts. I absolutely love this team. I'm bye, 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 bye. And for some reason, the discourse around it is nothing but skepticism. Gib, when I'm walking down this street, I want to be walking there, but my I have, the potholes are so big... I have to have my feet 10 feet off of Beal. Where am I walking, Gib? You're in Phoenix. We're talking about Phoenix right now? I am walking in Memphis. <laughs> I don't know what that is in reference to. <laughs> you don't know that song? No. What song is that? You don't know the song Walking in my Walking in Memphis? Oh, my God. This joke didn't you... land at all. Everyone on the listeners. People are screaming at you more than me. Well, Walking probably for sure. I have no Walking idea what song that is. Feet, ten feet off of Beal. When you said Beal, I was you like, oh, Brad- the- Bradley Beal in Phoenix. No, nah, Beal Street is like the most famous street in Memphis. You never heard oh, the, you're right. put yeah. on my blue suede shoes and I boarded a plane. I've never once. Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues Fit. in the middle I've- of the pouring rain. Never no? in my life. Never in my life. All right, Not well, once. let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Everyone else is screaming at you more than they're screaming at me, but they think my singing voice sucks, and they want me to get back to podcasting. Um, Gib, that Memphis Grizzlies trade by acquiring Marcus Smart, they sent out a first-round pick, and it seems like two first-round picks, but the protections on it is likely going to be one first-round pick and a future second. So everyone's freaking out that... I don't even think Marcus Smart is that much better than Tyus Jones. They need Tyus Jones because the John Morant stuff, blah, blah, blah. We are missing the biggest point here. And the fact is, Marcus Smart is a slight upgrade to Tyus. Like, let's not get it twisted. But beyond that, Marcus Smart is locked into a deal for the next three years after this at about $20 million per. Beyond that, John Morant, with his off-court issues caused him to not make the All-NBA team, in which he did not 
uh, trigger the Derrick Rose rule, which means he did not get that super max extension. He stays on the fun max, and that's a $40 million saving for the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. a few years ago signed a max $4 million extension, meaning he didn't reach unrestricted free agency. He signed a max extension, which was four years, $106 million, and it was a declining deal. So he is now getting about 222 per and on a very, very team-friendly contract. And we are a few days away, which is why we need to have this discussion right now. We are a few days away from Desmond Bain inking his likely max extension. Bain is now up for two, five years, $207 million. And you put all these pieces together. Bain's contract, he's going to start an extension. He's going to play this final season on his $4 million deal. Desmond Bain is the best value in the NBA this year and last year because he was a 28th pick in the first round, which means the team got four years of guaranteed contract from him as opposed to, I think, a second rounder gets two years guaranteed when they're, they're signed right away after the draft. Not exactly sure, but I know that the, the first – Rounders get a few extra years, and for that reason, Bain still on a four-year, four million dollar deal. His extension will start the following season, which will then cause the Grizzlies to be over the cap. So, what are, what are, what am I talking about, Gib? Here's where I'm getting to my point. The way the Grizzlies' current cap situation is set up is they are going to make one more big acquisition, and it absolutely has to happen this season or else they cannot do it because then all the extensions will have kicked in and then they will be over the cap. They have cap room to add one more player now and then wait for the Bain extension to kick in to then trigger over the cap stuff where they won't be able to make those moves. We know they offered three or four first-round picks for OG Ananobi. We know they offered five first-round picks for Mikael Bridges. We know the Grizzlies are going swinging. The reason why they got Marcus Smart is so that they could get not only Marcus Smart, but another awesome defensive veteran wing who can also shoot. I don't know who that player is going to be. I could throw out to you some names, but Gib... They are buyers between now and early July. And if it doesn't happen then, it is going to happen before the trade deadline. So right now, the Grizzlies are 23 to 1 on FanDuel. I got it at 25 to 1 a few days ago. Funny how the Grizzlies and the Celtics odds both went up given that trade. It was like a win-win. Um, I absolutely love the Grizzlies situation right now. Thoughts? How much – I'm looking at the cap room now. How much cap room do they have um, to to get something? Do, do they just have, like, their full mid-level? So they have their full – yes, they have their full $12 million mid-level exception. They've been rumored to the DiVincenzos, uh, Pat Bev, like a combo guard who's also defensive. Um, but the they they – can then also trade a lot of picks and some contracts and bring in before next season. So they have cap room to sign a guy, but then they'll also likely package a few of those contracts together and trade for a bigger piece. It's a little bit complicated, but but they have it figured out. Got it. Um, 
I am just not a huge fan of Memphis because I don't trust John Morant at all. At all. Um, and that's the only reason why I'm, I'm not jumping on Memphis to to become a contender or you know think that their odds are going to boost up because their team still depends on John Morant. Before he was flashing guns, he was like first-team All-NBA point guard, top-five player in the league, and that's why they were so good. He was their engine. Now, if he comes back after 25 games and is like a model citizen and you can depend on him, then it's a different conversation. But I don't know if that happens. So if you think they if they added, let's say, OG Adenobi, because I think that's a very realistic target with Fred Van Vliet likely going to Houston, we'll start to see that team start to blow it up and – Toronto get max value. If they gave, if they acquired OG and they had Ja, Smart, Bain, OG, Jaron, yeah. Adams, like that's a fucking good team. Um, this is just a personal. I'm not the biggest fan of OG. Now I, I, I get what you're saying. Like someone of that caliber, never. I've always thought OG. People would talk about like four first round picks for OG. I never understood why. Yeah, it's nuts. But but if he's the <laughs> final piece to a team, like you just give the last yeah. pick, and then all the picks are going to be late twenties anyways. And right. then on the flip side, you're securing a guy who's a lockdown defender and shoots forty percent from three. Right. Um, I I think they'd have a good a good team. The twenty five games that Jaw's not playing, if you add OG. Do you still have enough offense on that team with, with like, now Tyus is gone? Is Desmond Bain really that guy who can carry a team for 25 games to, like, say, 15 wins uh, with him being, like, the number one and pretty much only, like, I'm going to go get a bucket scorer on that team? Yeah, I mean, Bain, Jaron at the end of the, the season really showed that he st- started to step up and take on more of a scoring role. I think I think because they're also so young, they're the second youngest team in the league, they're, they also have current players who are going to improve. So I, I'm all in on the Grizzlies. I would look – I wish the NBA would release – or FanDuel, because certainly NBA is not releasing odds. I wish FanDuel would release midseason tournament odds because I would look for that to be a team where, like, they start to get John Moran back around Christmas – they start to put the pieces together and they say, all right, let's, let's really compete. We're a young team. We want to win this first midseason tournament. And they're going that to starts be this year or next year. I think it starts this season. Does it? Okay. Yeah. The CBA starts on July. The new CBA starts on July 1st. On July 1st. Okay. But there are different rules, especially in the cap world that starts to matriculate in, in different seasons. Like it's not, they didn't put all the rules right away. There's like a, different percentages in which they start to impact it. But I think that the, the midseason tournament does start this season. Um, all right, give me another team. We talked Houston. We've talked Celtics. We've talked Memphis. We've talked Indiana. Who's your last team that you want to talk about? Last team, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. They're plus, okay. plus uh, 4,100 right now. Obviously, the question mark is Zion, right? If if we're going back to last year, Zion pre Number one in the West with him playing, yeah, pre all the craziness, pre injury and pre craziness with like the ladies, um, they were an unbelievable team, right? Balance, one in the West. number one team Amazing. in the West, like fun to watch, 
like so many different options. I I have always been a CJ fan. Bi is disgusting. Valanciunas is a great piece. He's good. You have Trey Murphy, who looks like he can take another step. If Zion is able to come back in shape, now this is a big if. This is as big an if as John ja Morant, uh, and I trust Zion. Just like yeah, like equally as terrible as Ja. It, can he produce on the court next year? But if he can, if Zion somehow gets back on the court and is healthy and is able to produce, that plus 4,100 looks really, really good to me. Now, can they sign a mid-level guy? Can they get um, who's a mid-level guy? Like Bruce Brown also would be good for them. Uh, maybe they need another backup. Could they get Seth Curry, add some more shooting on that team? Like, there are some pieces they could add, and then they could make a real, real run. Because the West, I think, is pretty like is pretty open uh, to yep. to take besides Denver, right? Like, if you if like take away Denver, you think Denver's going to be number one. Who's the number two or three team in the West? You're thinking like probably Phoenix, Phoenix probably State, yeah, pro- yeah. Like I think Memphis, which is why I love Memphis. But I think I think that New Orleans with Zion is that team. Now you have to. There's a lot of ifs, but like those are some ifs that can be, that can like it's not a zero percent chance that like Zion plays next year and is good. Right. No, I I mean it's kind of a make or break year for Zion. So it's like it's like I'll, I'll put my eggs in the basket like when he's got the most to lose. It seems right. Right. His like the last few years, Zion had nothing to lose. Like he was going to be the first pick, no matter what happened at Duke. He could have sat his first two seasons. He was going to get the max extension. Like now, he's at the point where he's being talked and shopped. He's being, you know, people are speaking negatively on him. His highlights are not all over Instagram. Like everyone, he's like a sensation. He's being frowned upon. So he's got the most to lose right now, and also potentially the most to gain by turning it around. So if he does that, I love it. You didn't even mention my favorite player on that team, Dyson Daniels. Like that dude can be amazing and locked out and like six foot six point guard, like switchable. Like it's you you add that level of defense around Zion and Ingram, and like you have an Alvarado and Murphy and Herb. Like you have an amazing team of a lot of depth, a lot of bodies. You could sustain an injury. You could. Do the whole thing where you treat Zion like LeBron in the last month of the season or like the Nuggets did with Jokic, and you take it easy on him, and you then ramp him up again. So I like that. Um, it's really just a bet on are you willing to just think that Zion can, can pull it together. Um, last team that I want to talk about, Gib. Mm, I'm looking at a bunch of them right now. Let's go Miami Heat. 17 to 1. I think it's way too high. I would fade the shit out of it. Uh, they might get Dame. Da- if they get Dame, the odds go even further up. So I guess baked into this is some speculation that they might get Dame. When they might have gotten Beal, it was eight, 18 to 1. When the odds first posted after the end of the season, it was 27 to 1. So now with the Dame rumors when him playing Welcome to Miami, it becomes 17 to 1. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just – I'm not about it. Like, I just think 
it was fluky. I think they ran into an injury in Giannis. I think Embiid also hurt his knee. I mean, he happened to play the Celtics. They got the luckier draw in the playoffs where they only had to play one of the two big teams. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're thinking about, like, the win totals. It's not a number you can, like, really work off of in the future, yeah. too. Like, 17-1 to 1 is not a great position where you'd want to wait at least you'd, – you'd want them to at least make the conference finals to start working off that the other direction. Yeah, like, do we – and who – and the real question is, like, who the hell is Jimmy Butler? Is Jimmy Butler Milwaukee Jimmy Butler when – Truly, I don't think I've seen a playoff performance like that ever before. I remember watching the game, just like thinking about myself, like, holy shit, is Jimmy Butler really him? And in that series, he was. But then in the finals, and now I know there was an ankle injury with the Knicks, but I was kind of like, this guy, you can't, not for four rounds, he can't be him. He's not, he's, yep. I, I don't know if for four rounds he's going to get you a ship. He can win you a series for sure. Um, maybe, and I could probably win you too. Um, but I, I, I like your call there fading them. Cause I don't know who, right now. You yeah. just, you just give, you just said, who's Jimmy Butler. Like right now in the MVP odds, if we think, okay, where's Jimmy contextually in awards races. So how are the books evaluating him for next year's MVP above LeBron, uh, above Kawhi, above Zion, above Anthony Edwards, above Jalen Brown and Harden, Paul George, like, Ah, that's tough for me to put None Jimmy. Of like, he's MVP. clearly being overvalued in the sports book, which then leads to them, the Heat, overvaluing him too. Right. He's, like, right next to Dame. So, like, no thanks. So, yeah, I agree. Like, like I think Jimmy's probably a bit overvalued given that run. Uh, the Heat are probably a bit overvalued given that run. They were so bad this season. I think they were, like – 15 or 20 games under versus the spread. Like, if you were just going to bet the spread and fade the heat every game, it would have been the most profitable position in the entire NBA. So, it's wild. I will be looking to do that next season. Um, I think we hit, we, hit, we hit six teams. Yeah, we did. Let me ask you a few other quick questions. Uh, rapid fire answers, and then we'll get out of here. Right. Chris Paul goes to the Warriors. Mm hmm. General discourse around this becomes it's a pool contract dump. It's a uh, Chris Paul kind of awkward fit. We'll see how he plays with Steph. What was your first thought? And then what do you like my where I'm going to this is like where where what we're not talking about is like how lethal is like the Chris Paul second unit pick and roll game with like a Kaminga or a Jeep. I envision Gary Payton and Chris Paul having a lethal screen and roll game. Kind of like yeah. a Bruce Brown nugget roll. Yeah, because I know, because I think the assumption is that Chris Paul is going to come off the bench and play, what, 24, 25 minutes a game? Uh, be the leader yeah. of that of that second unit. The first question, that, like, obviously, getting rid of Jordan Poole, salary dump, we, the things you mentioned were all things that came to mind. But something that came to my mind was, you remember a couple of years ago that when the Warriors had the death lineup, right? When Andre, because uh, he was coming off the bench, but then they would always finish with this death lineup. Um, mm -hmm. And I was going, I was thinking, 
if you add Chris Paul to the starting lineup, right, can you roll out with CP, Steph, Clay, Draymond, assuming Draymond comes back, and, I don't know, Looney? Is it, would that be would Looney be the fifth there? Is that really yeah. like is that is that a death lineup or is like is that a lineup that is like fantastic? And the answer to me is no. Like I think that this is a good trade for the Warriors because they needed a little cultural shift because of like the Draymond pool and Chris Paul is still a productive player. But I don't I actually don't think that this trade pushes the Warriors like anywhere close to being a contender again. I think they they need to make at least another move um, if they want to think about being a contender. But I know they're going to run back the team at least one more year. And Paul's contract being one year, I think, was perfect for, for Mike Dunleavy. Do you Dunleavy. think it potentially becomes Chris Paul who might get moved? Is Absolutely. Like, do you think they, they can make a move around like kind of like D'Angelo Russell situation? He's an asset. He's a he's an asset as an expiring contract for thirty what thirty four million dollars. Now they might right. th- if they're not doing well, then they might keep him and try and get back under the the second apron because I know they're clearly going to be over the second apron uh, right. for next year. And I think that's also a benefit knowing that if this doesn't work out, you gave Steph that one more year of like here's the here's the core. You guys can go roll this out one more year. Um, and if it doesn't work, then like, I don't know, whatever, depending on what Draymond's contract looks like next year, because Clay is also a free, free agent after next year, like that, that core might be gone and, and Steph might be the only guy who, who's remaining and they have to blow it up and, and start over. You said something to me very interesting uh, off air a few days ago where you said you, you think Bob Myers left because he knew that he had to blow it up and he didn't want to be the one to do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't have I have no inside knowledge or any information that that's true. But to me, yeah. if if yeah. you're if you're the guy who built that for what, 10, 12 years, you're you're t- you're supposedly the architect. And I don't actually know if he drafted Steph, but I think he did. Um, no, I actually don't think he drafted Steph. But no, um, but like you're technically the architect of that and you've won four rings and like that's what you're known for. You, it's very hard. You don't want to be known for like tearing it down too right like you want to have good associations with that now that he leaves his relationship with steph clay draymond it's still what it what it was and and his his notoriety around the league to Hmm. take another job to get really paid like you'd rather leave a year too early than than see it through too late and be you know mj on the warriors it's almost like the belichick patriots approach of like we're gonna (laughs) rather eat too early um all right next one cleveland cavaliers been rumored to be looking for a big swing at small forward who do you think they're going for you think it's paul george you think it's Kawhi? you think it's lebron like apparently they're taking windhorse windhorse reported like they are going it he goes i don't want to tease you guys for the names but it is mass like massive massive i'm going to pull up the windhorse quote um, uh, i think the one that you're missing is yeah who am i missing the man who can't dribble with his left hand is Jalen Brown. You think that... No, the Celtics have to bring him back, right? The Celtics... Can can the Celtics match? I'm not exactly sure how it works. Here was the quote. I have some speculation. There's a couple of outlandish stuff that I'm not going to say right now because I'd get in trouble. I wish I could tell you more, and I know I shouldn't tease you. Brian Windhorst on the Cavaliers. 
It could be if those names. That makes me think it's bigger names. So Zion comes to mind. Jalen Brown comes to mind. Uh, I'm just looking at teams here. Who have a small? You said small forward. Yeah, could it be LeBron? <laughs> I mean, they have Garland. They have Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, Allen. So they need a third wing. Yeah, I mean, it could be LeBron, but like, I don't think LeBron's trying to go back to Cleveland. Unless Bronny's there. I don't think he's trying to go back. There was there was two reports on Cleveland radio today about increased security presence outside of LeBron's house in Bath Township, Ohio. Oh, and be... renovation companies outside of his property in Summit County. I want to know what more about Track his... the planes, Gib. Track the fucking planes. <laughs> I want to know more about his real estate portfolio. It was, was use his real estate portfolio as an idea of where he's going to go. Um... Because he just knocked right. he just knocked down his forty million dollar house in Beverly Hills to build a brand new one, and Bronny's going to USC. So it's like, could you get a one year Cavs stint? Good. West is getting tough with KD and all those teams. Then did like three years? Does KD make his way back to OKC and run with Giddy and Chet and and SGA and those guys? How cool would that be? Pretty sweet. <laughs> How cool would it be if we had a LeBron Cavs? Durant OKC finals surrounded with, with the core of Garland, Mobley, Chet, SGA, Giddy. Like, that would be sick. <coughs> Isn't, aren't, aren't they like, I, I read an article, I don't know if it's true, that Garland might be on the block? Yeah, that's so stupid. I think it was from, so it was from Sam Amico. I don't know if it's it a fake Sam Amick or Sam Amico's a real person, but he's got 72,000 followers and says he's a writer for Hoopswire. So. I don't know. Yeah, I don't... Uh, Vooch, Vooch just signed with the Bulls, three years, sixty million. Any thoughts? The Bulls are the most mid team in the league. I'm Gen okay. Z by saying mid. So, um, uh, yeah, John Collins there. gets traded to the Jazz. Any thoughts? Love it. I actually love it for them. I whoa. Okay. Tell I don't. Why. I I was watching the Hawks in the playoffs this year, and I he love was good in the playoffs. I love John. Hard. I love John hard. Collins. They they traded him for essentially second round picks. Now I know he gets paid a lot, but like you got him for second round picks, he's as good as like ninety nine percent of the free agents. They have cap space. Why not take a swing? They have a lot of pieces in Utah. Like he's a good fit out of six nine body. Can't really shoot anymore, but like he's athletic as hell. Like I really like that for them to to like start competing a little bit more because I think. Towards the end of the year, you know, they're in first place for a long time, Utah. They just, like, ran out of juice. They didn't have the juice to compete at the end of the year, and this gives them a little bit more juice. Uh, thoughts on what the Knicks are doing being linked to guys like Zach Levine? Mm. Like, would you like that? Uh, no, I don't want Zach Levine. Uh, I really like the Knicks roster. Uh, I don't think Zach Levine does anything – to bring them to the next level. I think you have to think bigger names than that, and you'd have to package Julius Randle. So I actually don't think they should make a big deal this year because Julius Randle is worth pennies right now when he's actually pretty decent. Uh, but um, I don't think the Knicks I – don't, I don't like the Knicks being uh, linked to Zach Levine, and I don't, think, I don't think anything will come of that. Okay, I asked you this the other day, and I told you not to answer. Who's Victor Wembanyama's perfect teammate? Whether that be someone who's currently available or just a dream scenario. The dream scenario. Currently available. The question I had about this is currently playing or ever. 
Playing, playing, playing. Play. Because I actually think that, like, ever Tim Duncan would have been a, f- a dream scenario. Him and Timmy would amazing. be yeah. would be amazing. Um, but if, it, if, if Chris Paul was in his prime, I would think he would be the perfect teammate, but he's no longer in his prime. So I'm not going to go with uh, CP, but I think them being able to work together would be be amazing. I would want like a point guard who uh, can give him a little bit of room and will get him the ball in the right spots. So think about who are the best passers um, in the league. Um, that's why that's why Chris Paul's name came to mind immediately. Um, trying to think who are the best passing is Garland Garland's up there. Uh, I don't know. Am I, am I, who, who, who are the best? A healthy, a healthy Lonzo ball would be a nice one. Healthy Lonzo would be great. And then there's, there's all like Harden or, but no, that would be a bad fit, but Harden passing wise. But I, but I have to say truly who I think his best teammate was, would be because the point guard thing is kind of just like that, that old school thinking like a point guard, get a big guy. Yeah. Jokic would be his best teammate that he could have. You think so? Absolutely. I think, first of all, I think Jokic and Steph Curry are the two players that anybody in the league can play with, and they are immediately better. It, immediately better. And I think the, I think Jokic and Wemby, like because Jokic, you like, he's always going to make the right play. Him and Wemby together would be something insane. Okay, so mine was I was thinking more about a someone who could guard the paint, and allow Wemby to play a little off-ball in the dunker spot and be a little bit of a floater on defense and really use his wingspan. Yeah. From a, this person was potentially available, like literally potentially a spur and is no longer a spur because of the deadline. It might have helped them acquire Wembenyama and lose more games. But I honestly, Jacopoto would be perfect. Like, Yoko? perfect av- available piece that would be amazing next to Wembenyama. Someone who could quickly switch out, but also like a Maxi Kleba, Jakob Pertl, like one of those guys. Draymond would be really good. Uh, I was going to say, Draymond, Draymond's a great pick because I think, it, and I don't know, I haven't watched too many Wemby games like since this, but when he played Team USA back in the day and Kenny Lofton just absolutely bullied his way through him and dominated Wemby. Yep. Like yep. maybe maybe he needs a teammate who's like the big strong guy who can take who can take like the the most physical players on the other team. So Draymond would fit that mold uh, perfectly for 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 Wemby. Okay, uh, Cam Johnson is apparently going to get a max deal. Thoughts? Too much money for for Cam Johnson. <laughs> it's outlandish, right? <laughs> like he like just. Is he a restricted free agent? Uh, yeah, restricted free agent, bird rights for the Nets. Yeah, Apparently restri- they're going to match anything, and it's very likely to be max or right below a max. Restricted, restricted free agents always make out like bandits in the NBA. It's fantastic. They always make so much money. Um, and I'm always rooting for players to get paid. So that's kind of hilarious that he's going to make $24 million. But it's also because it's a weak free agent class. Like, there's not that many dudes in, the, like – who are going to get a max deal. Who is it? There's like Harden, Middleton, Kyrie, Van Fleet. Yep. Maybe Van Fleet gets a max. Maybe. There's not that many guys. He's going to Houston on a two-year max. That's like the rumor because Houston just wants to 
reach the cap floor, have low, have short contracts that just allow them to spend all the money. Um, the last one I had for you was who do the Lakers who do the Lakers keep between Rui, D'Lo, and Reeves? I mean, obviously Reeves. Do you, you think keep, they also keep D'Lo and or Rui? No, you can't. I don't. I don't. It showed the playoffs that wasn't enough. You got to do something with uh, D'Lo. You got to get rid of him. Uh, I don't know if that's a sign and trade. He's just like he's not. He's not the piece for them. I really liked Rui, but I feel like they're going to overpay him because he had a good two months, and they're like, "Oh my God, Rui! He's actually a six ten good player." But when he was on the Wizards, such a trap for Rui. Yeah, when he was on the Wizards, he was like not good for like three years, four years, however long he was there. He just like wasn't solid. And then he shows up in the Lakers in the playoffs and he's with LeBron James and AD who like are really some of the smartest guys in the league, help him become great. I don't think you need to give him more than, you know, what the market price is. I would love the, um, the Lakers to go after Jordan Clarkson instead of D'Lo is like same role. Clarkson's got a player option for like 14 million. We'll see if he exercises it, but like they would be able to give Clarkson, I think 12, 12 and a half. Um, do you, do the really Lakers, do the Lakers go back to like the 16, 17 Lakers? So you bring in Clarkson, you bring Lopez, you get rid of Reeves, you get rid of um, uh, Rui. Lopez. You go Lopez. They can't afford Lopez. They can't afford Lopez. Think more. Do they try and bring back like Kuzma's available? Clarkson's available. Julius Randle's probably available. Do they have a full? Do they have Lonzo a full? is probably very available. Yeah. Do they bring back that whole squad plus AD and LeBron? <laughs> it would be actually really good. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be fun. Caruso might be able to be had. Is Caruso a free agent or no? Um, no I think it's another. I think it's another. No, year on his deal. he's got one more year on his deal, so I, I think he's going to be. Very loud around the deadline, though, depending on how the Bulls are doing. If they're not in the playoffs, a lot of playoff teams are going to want Caruso. Warriors. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're always linked to Still him. Still the DiVincenzo role. Um, all right, so that, I think, wraps us up for today. To recap, I think best bets on the board right now, Gib, I, I think we're definitely betting a little bit of Rockets and a little bit of Pacers at their respective 500 to ones. I think we're both looking at the Memphis Grizzlies, or maybe I no, you're not looking at the Memphis Grizzlies. I am looking at the Memphis Grizzlies, 23 to 1, 41 to 1 Pelicans, if you believe in Zion, 26 to 1 Cavaliers is interesting, with them potentially making a swing in free agency. And then the teams we were fading were things like the Celtics, the Heat. Maybe that makes you like the Nuggets or the Bucks more if you think they're gonna retain their guys. Any last thoughts before we get out of here? Nah, but always, always All bet right. on the Knicks. <laughs> what do you think they do? Do you think they do any major things? No. Or just bring th- back Josh Hart and run it back for the most part? I think, I think they run it back. I think they try and make more splashes next year um, when Julius Randle becomes a little bit more attractive and they can get off his contract um, because I think he's got three years still on the deal. Is that the right thing to do as a Knicks fan? Like, are you finally happy with direction of this team and the patience and everything? Yeah, Leon Rose knows what he's doing. Like, I actually thought, like, they they had a really good squad. If Julius Randle was playing, like, somewhat decently, they should have beat the Heat. Like, he was playing so – like, he was hurting the team every time he stepped on the floor. 
And so yep. uh, I think if he can play somewhat, you know, up to what he's capable of in the playoffs, then we got a team that the East should be scared of. We as an Amin. Last, last one. A lot of the talks about some of the Knicks moves have been like, do they bring in a Dame? Do they bring in a this? And it's, and it's often centered around other point guards. Um, and they're like, oh, they would pair him with Brunson. Would you be like, if they took their next big swing and it was another small guard, would that be like, would, would Dame make you happy? Or like, not like contract notwithstanding, package notwithstanding, just roster construction. What are you looking for for the next piece? Is it more Anthony Towns? Is it more wing? Is it more another guard? Do you not care as long as the talent's there? Where do you think they should go? Uh, I love Towns' game. I, I don't think that the Knicks fans will love his personality. Uh, I don't. I don't he's think he brutal. Would, I don't think. I don't think he. I don't think he would do well. He's uh, so soft. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd do well with the Knicks fans. Um, so uh, I would love him as a game, but I'm always a believer in. Bring in as much talent as you can. Figure out positions later, right? So if if they if the Knicks can bring in, say like I don't know, Ky, they can get Kyrie Irving. I know right, they can't afford example. him. Say so they can bring him in. That's incredible. Like I would be amped, right? Like you're not worried about Brunson and Kyrie and the defense and all that stuff. You can figure you can, it out later. You can figure that out, right? You can figure they'll, they'll figure out how to play with one another on offense, and then defense you'll have to figure out how to like kind of hide one and like who's going to take the defense. Maybe you have to bring in some guys who are more defensive stoppers, more three and D players. You'll you can figure that stuff out. But I'm a, of the belief is you always bring in the talent, the most talent you can figure it out later now you don't bring in like seven centers but like bring in as much so talent who, as you want who on the knicks team currently besides brunson still sticks around that you would also want to like is mitchell robinson still there when you're envisioning the next team so you're probably not going after like a a, a, a five a non-shooting five because you have mitch locked into a good deal you just signed rj for a few years so is it like oh let's I, who's, I, who's still there when you envision a good Knicks? Is it only Brunson? No, I, see, there? I, I see Brunson, I see Hart, and I see Mitchell Robinson. That's it. Those are the three. Okay. Um, Rhyme's probably going to have to be used as an asset to get a piece. RJ, Barrett, Randall, RJ, RJ can go. Randall can go. Like you have to get stuff back for them, but like those, I don't, I don't think you need them. Um, and definitely not, I, I think OB is definitely, I think he's definitely gone. Um, definitely gone. Yeah. Cause he's like, he wants a bigger opportunity. I think he kind of deserves one. I think he's been kind of being toyed with and like not, they're not getting the most out of him. Uh, Cause I think he's a good player. All right. So that wraps up us up for today. Glad I could get your Knicks perspective. Knicks been so much in the news. It's fun to see them. I'm not a Knicks fan, but if the Knicks were to suddenly be good, I would love the Knicks. So that's kind of how I always stay in the background with them. Not a fan of any team. I'm loyal to my bankroll, which means you can call me a Grizzlies fan. Thank you for your time, Gib. We will talk to you soon. I will be back after July 4th, probably the following week, doing NFL key numbers, describing which numbers are the most important for betting NFL games. We've talked about those for NBA games a lot. We need to go over them for both sides and totals for the NFL. I will talk to you guys after the holidays. Enjoy it. Go America. Deuces.